to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. Or you can check out clovercrestmedia.com. As like I just said, at clovercrestmedia.com for many more podcasts. And if you're even trying to get in this type of field, which is a do-it-all type field, you can do anything you want. It's either if you want to be behind the scenes or, like us, want to be in front of the camera. We can help you out and get started at Clovercrest Media. Ted's running a little late, so I decided, what the hell? A little brother's going to take advantage and take some time because, well, Ted will be around. You know Ted. Ted, We go on Ted's world, but not in this situation. <laughs> we are going time, and guess what? What a weekend we got for you. But first, before we get in to the much-anticipated divisional weekend, the New York Giants made some big news today, and it's some great, fantastic news for New York Giant football fans, as now Dave Gettleman's era is officially over, and now the new era of Joe Shane as New York Giants GM officially became official this morning. They had came down to Ryan Poles, all the well-deserving guys, Adam Peters of the San Francisco 49ers, Poles of the Kansas City Chiefs, all three teams in the playoffs have built a uh, a credible resume around the league and a very impressive resume, I must say. But Joe Shane, it seemed like he was the guy from the beginning, the get-go for the Giants GM, and this was a home run hire. Everything that I've seen on Twitter, Facebook, Giant fans love it. People around the league love it. Buffalo Bills, I may, I know they might not like it, players, because this is a huge loss for them. He was a huge part of the buildup to the Bills' recent success and current success. So, Joe, before we get into the games, I just want to get your take on the new hire of Joe Shane as new GM of the Giants. I think the exciting thing to look at as a Giants fan, and I don't know if Joe Shane is going to work out and be a great GM. We can only hope, but the idea that they went outside the organization, they're bringing in somebody who developed a young quarterback and has had success and, and turned a franchise into, you know, one of the better franchises in the AFC in those Buffalo Bills. So mm -hmm. I, I think that for me, that's the number one thing that stands out. You know, I'll be curious to hear what he has to say in the coming weeks and see who he hires. Uh, obviously, Brian Flores is is a hot name right now. I know that's something. Are you more into in. of the Bryans? Are you more about Dable or Flores? Who are you Probably more? for me. You know, again, I the idea that that Shane's coming over, you would think you know, that, that Dable would be the guy, but you know, um, I don't know. I like Brian Flores. I, I don't know that. I don't know. I, I, I don't like some of the stuff I heard. If it's true, he told Tua that he wishes he would have drafted Mac Jones. Uh, then I don't know if I want that guy, especially if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm shaking in my boots. You know, what is this guy going to say to me? <laughs> well, we, well, like I said, we don't know what's going to happen with the new head coaching search. All we know is there's a couple of candidates that have, it looked like, narrowed it down for the Giants, just like with this whole GM situation. And I love that the Giants did it. They took their time. They did their due diligence. And that was the most important thing for me because the last uh, the last whole process was a rush job, literally. They only had three, four guys. One of them, the only guy that was outside of the franchise was Lewis Riddick. 
So everybody else was in-house or a guy that had some um, – it was very similar with the Giants franchise, was connected with the franchise at some point. But this is a great – By line. the way, Lewis Riddick has pulled a Joe Judge in the last year and a half uh, with the New York Giants. Every chance he gets on ESPN to just rip the Giants apart. Oh, he does. They're not going to hire you now. And you're really – I think he's – I I like Lewis Riddick. I do. I think he's souring himself to some of these franchises because if you bring the guy in for an interview and you don't hire him, is he going to be all over your case? So I don't know that he's doing himself any big favors by attacking the Giants. The other thing is they're very disappointed today in Chicago. They were very excited about the prospect of maybe luring this guy. They thought with Josh Fields and, you know, that that team, that that might be a more desirable location. But clearly Joe Shane's decided that the New York Giants are the roster he wants to take over. And, and so that makes me feel good, too. Absolutely. That somebody from the outside looked at the Giants and was like, well, yeah, they got, they got those two first round picks. They got a lot of draft picks. They got, I mean, the salary cap issue, we already know they're in salary cap hell. Thank you, Dave Gettleman. But this is about a team that's just trying to rebuild and get back to its brand of football, which hasn't been going on in the past decade. We know how it's been as a Giant fan. This is a good day. This is a great start to maybe revamping the New York Football Giants franchise. The fifth, actually, GM. In the four and forty-one in the past forty-one years as a giant GM, so they don't usually do this. They don't they don't go out and hire GMs like they do the head coaches recently. This takes time, and this is a guy that they feel the first guy since Ernie Acorsi to be outside hire of a franchise instead of in-house. This is a home run hire. I can't complain about it. I'm looking forward to what Shane and his his buddies do and bringing the Giants back to where we hope is championships. And by the way, I brought this up. Last week on the show, I just want to reiterate this for all the Giants fans out there doing your mock drafts. Can you stop with the all Joe, offensive lineman drafts? I haven't, done, I haven't done my mock draft yet. I mean, for the love of God, right? I've seen a draft now where uh, Thibodeau drops a little bit and the Giants pass on him for uh, Malik Willis. No. Yeah. They're not. Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. The, the, right, like there's the, the, there's no way the Giants are making that move. Sorry, not happening. And I like Malik Willis a lot, a lot more than probably most other people do. Mm-hmm. But the Giants are not drafting ten offensive linemen. You don't you don't just throw depth at a problem position. You select guys. This is a very deep offensive lineman draft, so the Giants can do well. Oh. I know a lot of people are crazy about about the center Lindebaum. Listen. The Giants will have to trade back if they're going. They're not picking him fifth. I hope not. Remember, they got the seventh pick too. Yeah, maybe with the seventh pick they'll do it. But again, especially if Thibodeau falls to five and the latest mocks, it looks like he might. If that happens, you take that guy. the The Giants still need a pass rush. Desperately need a pass rush. Getting Blake Martinez back is going to make that team so much better. I thought the secondary played pretty well for the most part this year. I think if you have a real pass rush and you allow Lawrence and Williams to do their thing up the middle with a real pass rush, and listen, old Jalari is, what a fantastic young guy. This is, Roche looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. With the three of those guys, you know, you throw somebody like Thibodeau in there, boy, this, this defense gets so much better, and 
especially if the offense is still under Daniel Jones and it and it still struggles to move the ball, at least that defense will be that much more improved. Thank you for joining us. This is Ted Keese, if anybody that doesn't know. I think they'll probably hire Brian Gable, which you probably already talked about, which will probably be the best move because they have the most cohesive unit together. But you know what? At the end of the day, Dad and somebody else was saying at the bar, they're going to looking at Dan Quinn. I don't want a defense coach. Offense. Look at all the coaches in the playoffs. They're all offensive minded except for uh, Mike Vrabel. And that's pretty much it. They're all offensive Yeah, and again, you know what, Teddy? Vrabel's the one guy uh, who's really got a very different kind of team in offense anyway. So he needs that. And guess what, as we've talked about many times on these shows, at the end of the day, to win that type of football is very much more – it's a harder process to go about than winning the games like Mahomes and Josh Allen having those special talents. But, hey, at the end of the day, Trev, you called it last night. You thought the Giants would hire GM by the showtime at 3.30. And you know what? It worked out and a good call by you. So, rock on. Yeah, no crap. Always listen to Trev. Anyways, speaking of Joe, Joe, you were just talking about experience versus with the G, with the head coaching situation. Brian Flores has the experience plus the new guy. Well, I'm going to relate this to the first matchup of the AFC Divisional Games and the Divisional Weekend. Experience versus the youth. And it's between the two quarterbacks. I know this seems like who has to be the better quarterback. We know that Joe Burrow has delivered this late season rush for the Cincinnati Bengals to win a division title to get now only 60 minutes away from becoming, well, a a complete turnaround. Thinking about from what this team was last year to where they were with their top five pick last year to now possibly being in the AFC title game. Everybody might want to say, Oh, Burrow, but I'm going to say, I'm going to start it. I think it has to be Tannehill guys. Without question, it has to be Ryan Tannehill. And the reason why I say this, because he's played, this is going to be his fifth career playoff game. He's two and two, only 534 yards passing. That's an average of 267. Six touchdowns and two interceptions. His two games that they were leading, if we all remember, were the Derrick Henry games against the Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots. They had leads in those games. His two losses to the Kansas City Chiefs and to the Baltimore Ravens last year, both were trailing. And the reason why I say I, I would take Tannehill has to be better is because this secondary of the Tennessee Titans is one of their weaknesses on this team. They give up a lot of big plays. And if we haven't checked out, this Cincinnati Bengal passing attack, plus with Uzma, plus with um, Joe Mixon, this is a scary offense all around. I know their protection, pass protection is not great. Zach, but Joe Burrow is getting sacked a lot this year, 51 times, the most in the NFL. But you look at their offensive talent around on the boards across the boards it's it's maybe better than anybody in the nfl right now you have to you have to contemplate so the Bengals, i don't worry about because of their offense and because of that tennessee deep secondary i should say but when we've seen Tannehill in situations like this before he doesn't deliver we always have said is it going to be Tannehill that makes the big play i know they're going to have king henry back he's going to start as well so it looks like a good telling sign for the tennessee titans coming into tomorrow's game but what if that rushing attack doesn't get it going? I know they're one of the best in the game, but what if it doesn't get it going? This Cincinnati defense has been under the radar throughout this season. They're a pretty good defense, pretty stout. Their front seven is very stout. What if they can't get their running game going? Do you have any faith, Joe or Ted and Ryan Tannehill 
to get the job done and lead this team, the one seed that nobody's giving credit to and not giving a chance in hell to not even just not even just get to the AFC or get to the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, but to get to the Super Bowl, even win the, and get to the AFC title game next week. Go ahead, Joe. Take it, bro. You've been flowing. Keep going. Yeah. So for me here, listen, I, I agree with that. I I do think Ryan Tannehill has to have a big game. I think it's going to be great to have Derrick Henry back, but I'm not really banking on Derrick Henry carrying the ball 25, 30 times. I think they're going to have to go easy on him. I just literally listened to him speak a few minutes ago. Uh, and, and, uh, he said he feels good. I wasn't, hasn't obviously done much. So he's going to have to be easy into this game. It's really gonna have to come down to Tannehill and look, you got a healthy Julio. You got a healthy AJ Brown. You got what you need. You know, for me, I'm concerned about Joe Burrow and, uh, you know, this team five and three on the road this year, Tennessee was seven and two at home. You know, they were 10 and four in the conference. Very impressive by the Bengals, but. Coming off a home game, they barely got by the Raiders. You know, we all know all the problems that the Raiders had and all the things that they went to. The fact that 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 game came down to the wire like it did. It's going to be very different in Tennessee. As the number one seed with Derrick Henry back, Tannehill's got all the weapons. That crowd's going to be off the hook. It's going to be hard to hear. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a a big experience for Joe Burrow, and I I do think the question about Joe Burrow here is is he up for the task, and if he is, is everybody else? Because you know Joe Mixon's gonna play well, you know uh, Jamar Chase and Higgins are gonna play well. Is is anyone else gonna step up for that team on the road, hostile environment? It's gonna be tough. So yeah. I. I'm going to say Joe Burrow's going to have to be better because I think it's Burrow or bust in this one. I think if Joe Burrow doesn't have a day, there's no way that the Bengals win the game. Well, here's the thing against the AFC this year, and this is a good this is a good stat to know for us for those Bengal fans, and a scary one to know for those Titan fans. Versus the AFC this year, 71 percent completion percentage, 3,200 yards, 13, 32, 43, 23 touchdowns, eight picks and a quarterback rating of 110.5. So if we're speaking to the past with stats like that, Joe Burrow's in line to have an incredible game against those Tennessee Titans. This is a toss-up game, but Burrow, he's been delivering. He's been playing out of his mind the past couple weeks, and I don't I don't get that same feeling with Brian Tannehill, Ted. So both quarterbacks are going to have to play well. All right, so – we know that. That's obvious stuff. Didn't realize this. You don't realize that how old Tannehill. Tannehill's 33 years old. He's the oldest quarterback of all the AFC quarterbacks. All the AFC quarterbacks are young. I agree with both your points, right? Tannehill has to play well because you don't know what Derrick Henry is going to be. If you knew what Derrick Henry was going to be, you'd be like, all right, well, Tannehill can kind of ride the ship. Be the Jimmy G factor, right? Don't make the mistake. Be efficient like you like Matthew Stafford, whatever it was last week against the Rams. Let's run the football, play action. Let's be smart on third down. Let's not turn the ball over. Here's the thing. Tannehill's final three weeks of the season, seven touchdowns, no picks. So he's played really good football, all right? We know what Burrow did the last two weeks of the season. 971 yards, had like eight touchdowns, no picks. He was flawless. I started this conversation, Trev, with you. Um, it's got to be Tannehill, right? It's got to be Tannehill, right? He's got to be the guy that's got to be the difference maker. They're the number one seed. Part of their reasoning is 
Derrick Henry's been out. You don't know what you're going to get. And he was part of the reason why they were the number one seed. Though when the two receivers play, the Titans are 6-1 and one this season when both Julio and A.J. Brown play. We know what a difference of having a number one receiver does to that team. Here's the thing, though. The Titans have won this whole season, I feel like, despite of Tannehill. It's not because of Tannehill. It's because despite of their defense, as much as I didn't realize last night, is really good. It's not great, but it's really good. Their front four gets pressure with their lead forward. They don't have to blitz. All right, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, Bud Dupree, and I can't remember the guy. His last name is Autry. It's like Demetric Autry, another D-tackle. Watch out for him. They can put pressure on the front four. If you watched the game against the Rams earlier this season on Sunday Night Football, Jeffrey Simmons tore up the game and was a, and was just havoc, all right? Their secondary is a little bit of a weakness, but that's okay because your front four can cover that, all right? And they haven't had Henry for the past eight weeks, and it hasn't become – and Tannehill hasn't played great. He's had 13 picks this year, three – was it 13 picks I just wrote down? Three his his career to, uh, most total when he played for Miami. But I'm going to flip my script and I'm going to go to Joe's thing. The Bengals win because of Joe Burrow and no other reason. He is such a difference maker. He has the Josh Allen Mahomes factor because of his moxie, his confidence, his charisma. Everything we were talking about at the bar and Randall's and Eaton. And we're like, you know, it's just a, something that what Burrow brings. They don't feed off a of Tannehill. All right. He's a good quarterback. He's. He's a quarterback from the 90s. He play, he doesn't do too much, but he's he's efficient. Trev, you always said it. When he was healthy, he was good for Miami. He just couldn't stay on the field for Miami. Burrow, though, has to be the difference maker. Because their offensive line does struggle, the Titans put pressure on it. They have the weapons on side. If Burrow can put one of those games up where he did the last two weeks of the season, they will win this game. He has to be a difference maker the, and because he's got that Brett Favre gunslinger mentality in him. He's, you know, he, he has the most 30 yard completions more than any quarterback in the league this year. You know, they love to throw the ball deep with T Higgins and Boyd and Jamar chase. They have Joe Mixon at running back. Their offensive line is a little weak. And here's the other thing. They lost their D tackle last weekend for, at the end of the season, who was second in the, uh, on their team with seven sack OB, uh, Joby, Obi, Obi, Janobi or something. I know I'm saying it wrong. Someone's going to correct me and say, you're an idiot, Ted. No problem. Good luck. You can pronounce it. Their defense is not as efficient as Tennessee. And because Tennessee is playing home and they're well-rested, I'm going to give them an advantage. So what has to be the difference maker? It's got to be Joe, Mur Joe Burrow. He's got to be the difference. He's got to be... He's got to be the ace in the hole. He's got to be like on Texas Hold'em when you got the river card, you throw it out. He's got to be the ace in the hole. He's got to be different. If he plays like he did the end of the season and he plays like he did last week, the Bengals will advance to the AFC Championship game. If he doesn't have an efficient game and Tannehill plays the game that we more likely think, run the football, complacent, don't make the mistake, hit the, hit the um, receivers like A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, and Tennessee with the home field advantage, they will advance and have – be playing at their home field game at AFC championship game, but it's burrow. It has to be burrow. He's the number one pick. He's the different maker. He's the better quarterback too, right? That's what it comes down to. Who's the better quarterback. Burrow's the better quarterback who has to play better, the better quarterback. If he doesn't, his team is more flawed. I believe than the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill. Well, I also say the, the Titans and Tennessee is because let's be realistic. I don't think the Tennessee Titans are going to be in the situation, the position that they are right now as a number one seed. Not many people expected them to be a number one seed. Maybe some projected them to make the playoffs as a wild card team. Hell, maybe some didn't even have them in the playoffs. But this is a golden opportunity for the Tennessee Titans, the number one seed. Everybody's coming to you, whether it's the Chiefs, whether it's the Bills, or whether it's going to be the Bengals like tomorrow. 
this is your only chance. You only feel like if, if you don't win this and you go out again in a, a first-round exit like last year against the Baltimore Ravens, what are you going to start asking yourself as, is Tan, are we going to start looking for a plan, a backup plan, a succession plan, I should say, or are we going to ride with Ryan Tannehill until he calls it quits? The Cincinnati Bengals are not going anywhere. They're going to be just fine. As long as Joe Burrow stays healthy, they get protection. Joe Burrow, just like the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, they're going to be in the AFC at the top of the AFC for some time. They're not going anywhere. Joe Burrow, is I know he's not young, young like these guys, but he's still young. He's only been in the league for two seasons. He's been developing and, and progressing into a superstar quarterback and one of the elites of the game. He's going to be fine. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to be fine. They're not going anywhere. If the Tennessee Titans lose this game again, it's a quick exit. What do you start asking yourself if you're the franchise, if you're the organization, head coach, the GM? What do you start asking yourself? What do we have to do? You got pieces on the offense. You got pieces on the defense. Your quarterback has to make plays. You pay. You 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 traded for him to say, and he's been one of the better quarterbacks since becoming a Tennessee Titan. Well, guess what? Now it's time to deliver. I'm not worried with Joe Burrow and who has to be better because Burrow and the Bengals, this is an unbelievable season, and they're not going anywhere for some time. Tennessee Titans, it's all on you. You're the number one seed. You lose this game, don't know what the future holds. I don't know if you're ever going to get another opportunity like this. Alex Smith went 13-3 and with the Niners. And also the Giants. Lost to the Giants, right? They were the number one seed, and you had to think this will never happen again. And he got traded mid-season of the next season. So mm-hmm. I think if you're Ryan Tannehill, I think like you said, yeah, this is – you're never going to have a situation like this again. you got to take full advantage of it. And, yep. Ted, uh, to, just to go off your point, I've been saying a while for this Titans defense, they're not great. They're good. They To me, it, they come up with stops whenever they need to. And to, it's a, to me, it's as simple as that. When well, they here- need a stop, they make it. Well, here's the other thing. Think about the teams they've beaten that are in the playoffs right now. They beat the Rams at the Rams. They beat the Chiefs and crushed the Chiefs, and they've also beaten the Bills at home. So those are three teams that off the top of your head, you're like, oh, those are Super Bowl caliber teams. You know, so and and Trev, you're 100 percent right. I'm still gonna stick with Burrow, but here's a chance. The Titans as an opportunity as a whole gotta capitalize this, all right? You have the home field advantage, you have the number one seed. Who knows what your future holds? And if you win this week, you had another week of rest with Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? You have the home field advantage. That it, it just it, it sets up more momentum for them to be successful and have a greater opportunity to make the Super Bowl. They have to capitalize on it because you know in football, just like the Seattle Seahawks, your window is this short from capitalizing on a Super Bowl ring. Not well, everyone is not ready. Well, speaking Sorry. of capitalizing, there's a team out in Wisconsin. I don't know if you heard of them. They're just the number one seed again. There's a guy named Aaron Rodgers. There's a guy named Devontae Adams. There's a team called the Green Bay Packers that need to capitalize. And we just talked about the number one seed of the AFC and why they have to capitalize on this moment. Well, this goes the same for the great Aaron Rodgers and the great Green Bay Packers franchise that it's been because they are playing a foe that, well, in recent memory, haven't fared well against. I'm just going to give you a couple stats before we get into this game. So Rodgers is 6-6, and by the way, if anybody want to know. All-time against the Niners. If anybody that – the people that don't know math, that's 500%. That's a 500 winning percentage, so not great. But he's 0-3 in the playoffs. So the three times that he's played in the playoffs, well, they haven't been very competitive. So I'll go all the way back to 2013 when they played the San Francisco 49ers, led by Colin Kaepernick. 
43 rushes, 323 yards as a team on the ground and four touchdowns. 2019, they played in the regular season. Both win, had one loss at the time. Lost 37 to 8. It was only 22 rushes, 112 yards, and two touchdowns by the 49ers. And then that same year was the Raheem Mostert game where he went off and they had a team rush for 42 rushes, 285 yards, four touchdowns, and lost that game 37-20. So my question to you, boys, and there's stars all over this field. And this could be the same for Jimmy G because he has to capitalize on his moment, knowing that his time as a San Francisco 49er quarterback could be coming to a very close end, I guess we should say, or maybe come to an end at some point. But as I just gave those stats, I gave those games and the past, I'm going to ask you straight up, will history repeat itself between the Niners and the Packers come tomorrow night in frigid zero-degree temperatures? Well, you know, this year has been kind of different, right? Teams have broken streaks. This sets up perfectly with the Packers. The Packers are going to take care of business Saturday night. It's going to be a good game, but this all sets up. I mean, come on. Let's be realistic, guys. The temperature every time you look is going down in Green Bay. They had the, the ESPN reporter from Green Bay said it's cold in Green Bay. He's a reporter in Green Bay. Oldest game Jimmy G's ever going to play and hasn't played in 40-degree colder weather. Yep, he's only taken three snaps, and they were knee down, kneel downs with less than 40 degrees. So he's never played in a game this cold, all right? Mm -hmm. This doesn't seem – I mean, I'm asking you guys, like, and joking, like we're sitting at the bar, like, this doesn't seem like a Packer win. Like, it's Saturday night. It's 8-15. It's going to be five degrees out. The windshield's going to be about negative 10. And Aaron Rodgers is going to come out with a short sleeve, blowing smoke up in the air, and just throwing the ball around the field. And like you see it, you know, like you can you can almost close your eyes. If you close your eyes, you can almost picture it, right? You could you could see the crowd, the, the snow flying. There. Like you just you can see the buildup. You know what I saw? You know what also? I'm going to interrupt you for a sec. You know what also I thought of when I when I closed my eyes? I thought of that last week, too, when Jimmy G threw a pick against the Dallas Cowboys. They were down 23 to 10. I was like, here we go again. You know what? The 49ers won that game. I mean, luckily, but here's won the thing. The game. Well, the game. Packers are not the, the Dallas Cowboys. Did Aaron Rodgers well, is not. What the, makes you say that? What if they give Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback okay, for the Dallas what is, Cowboys? What is, let me ask you this. What is he giving you the reason to say, Oh, yeah. It's all Green Bay because Jeff, what have they done in the Jeff, past? Jeff, LaFleur has got Shanahan. The Packers will get them. They're going to get them. Uh, here's, uh, the, here's the thing. The only way – the Packers don't beat themselves. They don't, they're one of the least penalized teams in the league. Actually, both teams are. Go look at the things. Both teams are least penalized. But the Packers don't beat themselves. Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over. Throws the least picks of anyone in the league ever. If you remember the Mike McCarthy years, it was I talking about the other day, he would rather throw the ball away than throw a pick or even run the play. That's the type of guy he is. He doesn't make mistakes. He, they don't penalize themselves, and they don't beat themselves like the Dallas Cowboys do or any other team. So how do you have to beat the Packers? You have to physically go in there and beat them. You have to be better than them. So how do the 49ers beat the Green Bay Packers this week? It seems obvious, right? And I think it's obvious. You have to be able to run the football on their zone running scheme, all right? You can't turn the ball over, all right? Jimmy G has to play better than he did last week. And then you have to be special and lucky because as good as the 49ers played earlier this season when they played, they still lost. They gave Aaron Rodgers like, what was it, 26 or 40 seconds left in that game, and he was able to complete that pass over Fred Warner's arm 
an un, I mean, it's like a rope. I mean, you couldn't draw, and and he hit him. They spiked. And here's the thing: if you remember the game, similar to what we talk about in the Dallas game, what did Devontae Adams do when he caught the ball? He hurried up, grabbed and handed it to the referee. The 49ers have to run the football. Their first game, they only ran the ball for 67 yards against the Packers. They have to run the ball a lot better. All right. So, and 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 you got to stop their play action because that's Yo. what Devontae Adams and and. And Aaron Rodgers do really well. And, I know you're going to be going in four minutes. What's your what's your quick take on this game? I'm going to say this, Teddy, because you're exactly right, and I I really do think the Packers are going to win this. But in my heart, only one team's going to be running the Green Bay sweep in this four degree weather, and that's going to be the 49ers. And I'm the to me the way playoff history works. If you if you base it on what the again the year of the upset, I get it, but. Uh, I, I would pick the Niners in that respect as well. And the, the upset, we just saw, obviously, Georgia uh, win a national championship against a team that we all assumed was way better than they were. So big, big players come up with 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 uh, big moments. I really do think that it, it because he's become such an anti-hero, Brett Favre is primed and ready Favre, to Roger. look like a fool Yo, come love, Sunday you morning love, you love, you love when we Favre. recap that game. He Favre. is he right now is as clueless as his alter ego Allstate commercials where he can't say why everybody gets the Aaron Price. Brett Favre is you're not special, buddy. Brett Favre, Brett Favre is, uh, is is sitting in his commercials right now. He's sitting in his bubble bath. I'm telling you, I I think uh, that I do it again. I think I think Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers is in trouble here. I really no, do. Have a, no, I, have a drink. <laughs> I can't help it. I, I there. It's just I see a green helmet. I don't see them being a running so, team. Yeah, when I you just think, think that's the thing. When Favre. you think of the Packers, you only think it comes to mind. You think of Star, you think of Favre, and you think well, of Rodgers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like hey, you know that question that they post sometimes, like hey, when you think of the Giants, what do you think of? And automatically, I think of either LT or EY, right? So, like, when you think of the Packers, and when you think of the Packers, Joe said the first thing that, I mean, it literally came right out of his mouth smooth, and he was going with it, like all state commercials and <laughs> Sunday morning. I'm like, no, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Listen, <laughs> if, if you went with the Levi Jeans commercial, then you would have been spot on. So, yeah, when I think of the Giants, like, when you think yes. of the Packers, you think of Rodgers, you think of Favre, and you think of uh, Bart Starr. When you think of the Giants, like, you think of Eli, Phil Sims. LT. I don't think of Phil. I think of LT. I think I of think Strahan. of, I think I of Parcells and Strahan too. I think of Harry Carson first and foremost because he was the first, like my first favorite giant. I know that's weird. And then LT oh, immediately is number two. And then uh, a guy who I've met and who sent me an autograph in 1986, Joe Morris. Oh wow, that that's sad. who. I mean, I love the obviously the current guys, but yeah, for me. Being a little bit old. You know, you know what I used to like? And he never even ever he never panned out Ronnie Hampton. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, dude. He never I panned out. He was Rodney on that Hampton. Super Bowl. Yeah. He was on that Super Bowl team in 91. He got hurt. Never really panned out. Number 27. Never out of Georgia. Never really panned out. Charles Way ended up taking over for him in 95, 96. I remember Chris Callaway. But I don't see, I don't had a I didn't have a favorite giant in the 90s. Because there wasn't a guy. There wasn't anybody to be, yeah. You could like Jason Seahorn. 
Yeah, yeah, until he's pulling up his pants in the Super Bowl because Brandon <laughs> Stokely's beating him in the Joe, end zone. Joe, and I, then he's too busy having uh, doing Dateline and soap operas on Sunday on during the week, and it's like, all right, bro, see you Joe, later. Joe, I know you gotta go. I know you gotta go quickly. What's your quick uh, p- picks for the Rams, Bucks, and the Chiefs and Bills? I think the Rams got the upset. I was with Jared Jones earlier. Take the money. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this this is they're primed for the upset. Everything- oh well, if you don't want, if you know. Couple minutes ago, about a half hour ago, big news for the Rams: left tackle and safety both out. Andrew Whitworth is out, and Taylor Rapp is out for the Rams. So if that what changes, was, anything, what was Whitworth's thing? It uh, doesn't. I, it doesn't. I, I also mean, think, does, I think the Whitworth thing plays a huge factor for me wow. because you got that defensive line and Whitworth that balances is the powers now with Tristan Wirfs definitely being out too for Tampa. Yeah. So those are big Ooh. news. So you got the, so you got the Rams. I think the Rams, and I, I'm going to say that the Bills win the game. I think, and and for the sake of this rivalry, because otherwise it really won't be one. Allen's got to win some of these games. Yep. Um, I think this this I think the power shifted, and I think that the the, the Chiefs have been winning a lot for quite a while now. I think that's going to run out. I I just think that right now the way the Bills are playing, the way that offense is scoring, I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. But I think the Bills are going to edge them out. Well, Joseph, enjoy these games, and we'll see you next week. Awesome, guys. Looking forward to it. Catch you guys next week. Hey, Joe, next time I'll be on earlier. Yeah. My brother call me in time. Just call me next time and tell me you're going to start at 3 o'clock. I did. I said in the message, you don't look at your phone. You're too busy talking to Bobby John. I was literally talking to Joe, telling him, um, I was telling I him that I want to get going. I thought you said three I, o'clock. You said three o'clock. No, I said I'll be. I said I'll be home by like three o'clock. Oh, you said no, no, I no, thought no, I said three thirty. Yo, this is that's BS. You're such a lot. You're lying right I'm now. Lying. Lying. But then call me. Gonna be on the show. Lying right now on live Facebook. Listen, dude. I was gonna leave. I was gonna leave. I got caught up talking. I started. Oh, you were gonna leave. So there you go. You were gonna leave. Yeah, I was gonna leave at two thirty. I ended up leaving at two forty-five. Now you're just making a whole damn. Yeah, I left at two forty-five. And if you Next really day. wanted me home, if you really wanted me home on time, you should have called me on the phone. Oh, see, see, before we get back into the game, this is the te- for Ted's problem. When Ted's wrong, he likes to blame everybody else. Trev, it's never Ted's flaw. It's so, my flaw. So the this producer says, hey, listen, the show's going to be on at 3 o'clock. Hello, Ted, we're going to be on 3. Make sure you're home at 3. Oh, all right. Oh, no, I'm going to call you while I'm in the shower, Bobby John, and talk to you about nonsense. And then then I won't tell my brother that the show's going to okay, start so at 3. This, so, this is, so this is my fault. Yeah, bro. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Don't if worry, we, ladies and gentlemen. For the people that are watching, yeah. it's not Ted's yeah. fault. Don't worry. I'll remember when we. It's, I don't remember. We got to wait for someone else. You're like, oh, okay. Don't. It's worry. never Ted's fault. Don't it's worry, never bro. Ted's fault. Yeah. So, anyways, let's get back into the games. Let's get back in after. Forget about the shenanigans. Yeah. We're speaking about this game, and I know Ted, you wanted to bring up this point because these two teams have maybe two of the best receivers in all of football, but two of the best playmakers in all of football. But I know we didn't specific. I didn't specifically put this question, but we can keep this up as a branch off. Who needs to be, well, pretty much the more valuable receiver for his team to be great? Is it Debo, or is it Devontae? I just listen. I know what your answer is going to be. We talked about this last time. You're going to go with Debo. I'm going to go with Adams. I just think Adams is is the tone setter for that team. He really, I think everything, he sets the precedent. And when he starts getting going, then now you have to shift your coverage over. Which which means the guys like Alan Lazar and, and Valdez Scantlin are able to and don't forget Randall Cobb coming back too. Well, Randall Cobb will be opening the slot and, and and listen the other thing is which has been a big thing there are two running backs Aaron Jones 
and Dylan, you know, it's it's similar to what the Giants have, you know, Thunder and Lightning. Jones is the speed, scat back can do multiple things. You can kick him out. Dylan's the power back. Dylan has been a real key factor for them. But I'll take Adams. He just he's just a difference maker for them. He everything sets off of him. It feels like Rodgers has completed nearly seventy six percent of his throws this year on play action and on first down. And where do they usually go to? Devontae Adams is tied for the league league with twenty two first down play action catches. I just feel like he sets up everything else. It's and and we've talked about this before. Having the number one receiver. I just I look at him and like I think about the games like against the Rams last year in the divisional matchup like Jalen Ramsey couldn't guard him like it's like no one can guard him oh, and he can go off and he can take over a game. Now I know I know what you're gonna come back with me and Debo and say listen he's he's the X factor. Well, well the, the way you said how he sets the tone for the Green Bay Packers that's what Debo Samuel does offensively for them. I mean with the way you can use him in any type of formation you can use him out the backfield as he calls himself now, a wide back. He's not even a receiver. He's a wide back. I mean, you got to think about it. He led the team with rushing touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns. He had a throwing touchdown late in the late season against the Rams for them to even get into this position. He was the reason why the San Francisco 49ers are, just made the playoffs is because of Debo Samuel. I mean, we want to talk about De- Devontae Adams, and we got to talk about Cooper Cup because they have been – Excellent. They have excelled this year. But Debo Samuel has come into his own. And this is a guy that when he was out South Carolina, yes, he was always negated because of injuries. But he was so talented, you always wanted to know where Debo Samuel was on the on, on the court, on the football field when the great when the, the Gamecocks, the South Carolina Gamecocks had the ball. He was everywhere, but he could not stay on the field. That was his biggest issue. His rookie year was a huge impactful season for him in the sense of rookie terms. Then he had her, got hurt last year, but he's come into his zone this year, and he's developed himself into not just one of the best receivers in the game, but one of the best offensive players in the game. I mean, you take him out, take out the quarterbacks, with the exception of maybe Devontae Adams, um, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, and Cooper Cup. You probably got to put Devontae Adams right there as the most valuable non-quarterback you know offensive what? player. I'll thank say, thank oh, you. Thank you, Devontae Adams. Thank you, sir. Well, I, of course you. I'm not. Well, do you think I'm going to discredit Devontae and just say no? no I, I thought you were talking about Devontae's the, best, Devontae's the best receiver in football. We get no, I just thought you meant Debo. I thought you were going with Debo and you misspoke again. That Debo should be considered one of the best players. He should be considered one of the best offensive players in all of football this year. He was an all-pro, well-deserving. He was unbelievable. He dominated at every point, and he's a physical runner. He's just the definition of what this 49ers team is. He's physical, the physicality. He's a tough runner. He's a great route runner. He gets open. He makes plays, and this team is very dangerous. It all comes back to Jimmy G. Can he make the plays? And last week, Luckily, the Dallas Cowboys screwed themselves because we should be talking about not even the 49ers right now because Jimmy G did not play his A game. He struggled, and this Packers defense has been great this year. They get turnovers. They get to the they get in the backfield. They cause pressure. It's going to have to come down to Jimmy G, but this 49ers team has the right philosophy. They have the number of the Packers. Their physicality could kind of tire this defense out. And you just said, well, Aaron Rodgers will be on the field. Well, if you keep running the football, you tire him out, and he keeps scoring touchdowns. Most importantly, 
You cannot kick field goals. This is like the Brady and the Patriots factor. You cannot kick field goals against a team. Maybe you could survive against a Dallas Cowboy team. You can't survive field goals against an Aaron Rodgers led Green Bay Packer team. But I'm looking forward to this game. I'm riding with the Green. I'm riding with the San Francisco 49ers. Here's the other I'm thing: riding. Packers eight and zero at home. That's fine. They're about to be eight and one. I'm riding with them. No, the they're, not, they're, not, they're not losing. They're not losing to the 49ers. Okay. They, okay. The, the, this listen, they're going to get back. You make it seem like the 49ers have no chance and it shouldn't be in even the playoffs. They're not going it, to. They're going to lose. They're going to lose okay. by more than a touchdown. Okay. Zaire Alexander is going to be. Bakhtiari is going to be. They're going to be. Rogers got the extra week of preparation. Lafleur doesn't lose off the bye. This is the healthiest the Packers will be. It's going to be cold. It's going to be night. Jimmy G doesn't play well in the cold. Bose is coming off a concussion. High ankle. You got a sprain. Ankle sprain by Fred Warner. Even though he's going to play, they got injuries. I'm, still right. I'm going to still ride. They right. don't have enough pieces to beat the Packers, and we are going to see the Green Bay Packers on NFC Championship Day. Well. Who will the Green Bay Packers, according to Ted, be playing in that Sunday after? I don't know if it's a Sunday night or a Sunday. What? Afternoon. I don't. Well, know we don't. The know, they don't know the conference championship games. Don't make that decision. Usually, well, who was it last year? Who was the late game last? Oh, so I think the NFC will be the late game this year because the AFC was last year. It was Buffalo and Kansas City was the late game. They usually swip swap. So I believe the NFC will be the late game next week. That's all. That's yes, I, yes. Because Tampa, Tampa was the early game. Green Bay. Yeah, we don't know, but I, I. That's what I expect it to be. So, who will be playing the Green Bay Packers, according to Ted, or who will be playing the San Francisco 49ers, according to me, in the NFC title game come next Sunday night? With the Rams, we saw a dominate. We probably saw the most impressive performance from the LA Rams last week. In a divisional fight, a divisional matchup, a, a, the trilogy, because they split the season series, and they look like the Arizona Cardinals look like the New York Giants at times last week. And that's accredited because of the, the solid play calling, the running attack, and and we talked about it last night. Matthew Stafford didn't have to force the ball. They didn't have to force turnovers then throw the ball over the field 13 to 17 200 yards a couple touchdowns he was efficient from the field but the most important thing was that rims defense and they got after kyler murray who was one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the game and made him look inept that offense inept at times we just saw the eagles play the tampa bay buccaneers and with the um we should say the subtraction of tristan Wirfs. Looks like the right tackle position is a glaring hole this weekend. Just like the Rams are going to have a glaring hole at left tackle now with Andrew Whitworth out. And if we remember, it was Ryan Kerrigan dominating and going after Tom Brady. Do we expect the Rams, and we got to say the past couple of times, I have a couple of stats for you more. So the Rams have beaten the Bucs the past two times they've played. And I think that one of the big reasons for this Brady has thrown 48 times in the first meeting. 55. In the and then 55 in this past most previous meeting. So that's over 50 to average. That's two games, average of 50 throws a game. Here's the other big issue. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a, a sound running attack as, as the season progressed with Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Gio Bernard, and uh, Rashad Vaughn. Hit two games, 35 yards as a team, back in week three and last year on Monday night football, they had 42 yards rushing. So will the key 
for the Rams to get to an NFC title game and one step closer to hosting Super Bowl 56, will it be the defense, Ted? Yeah. Or is it more Stafford? I'll put it this way. It's going to be whatever defense is going to play better. That's what, you know, at first you're thinking, okay, this could be an offensive explosion. But then you start looking at Tampa Bay, you're like, all right, no Antonio Brown, no Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette. Seems like he can't run full strength because it's bothering his hamstring. Ronald Jones, the second, is having an issue with his ankle. Tristan Wirfs, at right tackle, is not going to be able to play. We saw what his backup did last week, and he's dealing with a quadricep injury. Ryan Jensen, uh, Ryan Jensen's going to be able to play, but he's, you know, he's going to be hurt. He's going to be—I mean, he'll play, but these are tough SOBs. But you know, he's still going to be playing on injury. Then and then now you just told me that information. That Andrew Whitworth is not going to be. Yeah, I just saw that, that like right before that, the show. That's, and I thought I saw that too early. I just thought that was something that I was missing or whatnot. Maybe I thought they were out for the day. That's a big loss. Left tackle. That's a major component of your offense. It's going to be whatever defense can dominate. You know, you look at the Rams. We know what their front four is. Might be the most dominant front four in all the league. You look at Gaines. You look at Aaron You look at Leonard Ford, and then you look at the big pickup that the Rams picked up in the off in the uh, second half of the season with Von Miller. Von Miller playing. Very much like Von Miller that we had saw in Denver. This game kind of reminds me of the Denver game against Patriots, what was it, 2013, when Brady got just demolished. It was like 18 hits. He got crushed. Von Miller and Demarcus Ware. and What, the AFC title game? They were just teeing off, yeah. And that's yeah. the type of game that I could see this Rams this Rams defense playing against Brady. But then I look at the the, the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers – Everyone stop, does, forgets about how great this defense is. This defense carried Brady through and, and to the Super Bowl. It was a defense that won the Super Bowl last year. Shaq Barrett, JPP, Vita Vea. Um, and they're all Schiff. getting out. And they're you all healthy. Two. They're all Levante David. Levante yeah. David. You got Devin White. Their secondary is back. White had the safeties back and healthy. You have Winfield. Winfield, yeah. Carlton Davis. They have all their pieces are back for the Super Bowl run. We know that Todd Bowles likes to blitz. He blitzes more than anyone in the entire league this season. The Bucs, though, here's a couple factors I just want to write, and then we can talk more, and I'll let you go back. The Bucs are 8-1 at home on this season. The average win at home is 16.1 per per. 16.1 points per game. Who gives a crap? 16 points a game they win by at home. They dominated at home. Their defense is ferocious. All right. The Rams, 7-2 and two on the road this year. They're actually better against the run against than in the past. Here's another thing. Stafford's number one in the league against the Blitz, 139.6 completion percentage. I'm at quarterback rating. So what's that say? If you're going to blitz Stafford, you got to get to him. If you don't get to him, He's gonna kill you. He's gonna. He's. He's. He'll make, see a lot of the he'll make you painful. Now, here's the thing, though. We know, and you know, we're gonna talk as football guys for a second. Stafford is prone to making mistakes. We know that because look at what San Francisco did to him in the second half of that Week 18 game. They put pressure on him. He made mistakes. They were able to come back and win. I, you know, I was thinking at first that maybe this would be a high-scoring game. This could be a defensive battle. This is, and here's here's the simple factor. I'll say this: Well, what quarterback doesn't make the mistake? It's usually Tom Brady doesn't make the mistake. It's usually Matthew Stafford. The Rams have all the pieces to be successful in this game. My heart says the Bucks win. My brain says the Rams win. Something that I talked about last week. Because I told you this last night, and then I'll let you take over. I feel if the Bucks win, 
they can carry this momentum and go and go back to the Super Bowl because I feel like their defense matches up very well against the Packers. And because I have the Packers winning, of course, mom's calling me. What else would be new? You know how that goes. She'll be calling you next. Mm-hmm. If the Rams win, the Packers will be going to the Super Bowl because I feel like the Rams, the Packers have the Rams number. So winner of this game will determine who's going to the Super Bowl. You want to take over and then we'll make our prediction for this game? You're right. Mom was calling me. Anyways, so as a, yeah, for this game to me, and we talk about Stafford, I think they're best when they're with the play action. The Rams work best when they're at with play action pass, and that's what they're going to have to do. This is at, at Look, we're not really talking a lot about the Bucs because, look, the Bucs, they don't have any pressure. They've won a Super Bowl. They've done it. They, they've done everything. They don't need to do anything else unless just build their resume as a franchise. This all comes down to why we're talking so much about the Rams because this is what the Rams have given us, the people, to talk about and discuss. They've given all these moves. They've made all these big, flashy, big-time moves for their franchise to go all in to get to this moment, like the Bucs did last year, going to get Brady, even though they were already kind of complete at the time because they had the talent. They just didn't have the right leadership. But they found Brady. They added Antonio Brown, Gronk, and Fournette and all that throughout the season, kind of like what the Rams did with uh, Odell Beckham and Von Miller. But that's what it comes down to. It's can you put it all together for 60 minutes? This is what we've been discussing throughout this entire season and why you're probably the one team that faces the most pressure coming into this season because not just because you had a home, uh, the Super Bowl is going to be at home, but because of the moves you made. You traded for Matthew Stafford because you felt you were a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl. Well, in a game like this last week, we all felt like, a majority of the people felt like they were going to take care of business against Arizona. Now you come back this week, and I believe the poll that I posted was 50-50 in this game. So this game is literally a toss-up. This is the game. You, you're supposed to beat up on the Arizona Cardinals. I know the Cardinals had a great season, but that's a team you should historically beat up on. For a team like the Bucs, th- this is it. This, this is your calling card. You're playing the team that has set the standard of what it's like to be a champion. You're literally taking a page out of their book last year. So now it's it's, time- it's almost a repeat because if you look, the Bucks last year were seven and five to start the season. The Rams this year were seven and four. They finished um, nine right. and oh, nine and oh down the stretch to win the Super Bowl. The Rams would have the, to, yeah. they would end up going nine and one or whatever. Here, the here, this team, here's, 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 here's the gotta, biggest. You have to bring it all together. Hold on, you got to put it all together for another game and this is going to be a different style of game because the factor of who you're playing against you're playing against well, Brady you're, you're playing against a team that has the experience well he's 12 and 1 in the divisional round and he's just flawless and he's yeah. won 17 of his last 20 playoff games the guy just doesn't lose all right and see that's where your heart goes you got to take the bucks as much as their deficiencies or with the injuries tom brady will will them to win he will will them to win. I'm, I'm, so I'm mind, your mind I'm says Tristan Wirfs is not there. You put Von Miller or Aaron Donald over that right tackle, right tackle, and you cause so much damn havoc that Gronk or someone else has to stay in to block, which means you don't have that extra guy going out in the flat or being open because you have to keep Brady up because when he's pressured, we know this. I mean, it's it's not it's not new news. 
It's not something that I'm making up. Pressure the quarterback, win football games. That's how you win football and these, games. And these two teams have athletic front sevens. And these two quarterbacks are, as we know, are known as the term pocket passers. And, so, and they both have the weapons, Cooper Cup, yeah. Beckham, Evans. Now, does Jalen Ramsey match up against Evans all game long, or does he just play one side of the ball? If I'm the Rams, I match him up. Here's another thing. McVay owns Arians the last two games. Jared Goff last year during Thanksgiving threw for over 400 yards against the Bucs this year. Matthew Stafford had over 330 yards passing, had four touchdowns, had a huge game against his Bucs earlier in the season. Trev, you made a great point over, though. When the Bucs are successful, they have to be able to run the football. If you watch this game Sunday and the the Bucs become a pass-happy team, they will lose this game. And both these teams, it sets up the play action because Brady and Matthew Stafford love historically, whether it was with the Patriots or the Lions, historically – love the success of the run game that leads to the to the play action. These guys love to run the run the play action pass. And that's why these running games are going to have to be vital to each team's success this week. And, and that is why I'm going, the, I'm I'm going, going to take the, and I'm going to take the Rams because I think the addition of having Cam Akers back is going to be a huge addition. We saw it last week. I know Whitworth is out, but majority of the line is back. I like all the pieces that the Rams made. This is a must win. And if you and you got to take the Bucks down now. They're weak. They they're stumbling into the bar. This is when you got to be able to take them out. You got to be able to kick them while they're down. This is a golden opportunity for the Rams and Matthew Stafford has to be the difference maker too because you said it before Trev. They he didn't wasn't asked to do much last week. Only 17 uh attempts. I think the least they didn't really had. need to do much because it was the least amount need of to do much last week because they got up to such a quick start. It was it was over before you even could say hello. And who's gonna have to throw the ball more than 17 times to win this football game? But I will and I as much as the Bucks have the have the four to two to win this game, I'll still take the Rams. I'll mm. take the Rams in a close one, 28-24 over the Bucks. So we are down to three of the four games have been talked about, have been discussed, have been picked. So Joe, so right now we have, I have the Titans against, who do I have in the AFC? Don't know who they're going to talk We're about to talk about that game. And then the NFC, according to us, I have the 49ers and Buccaneers. And for anybody that doesn't believe me, I just want to post this because this was a fact. If anybody wants to look, I will get the clip too if this happens. Take away the AFC game. The NFC title game I had was the Bucks and 49ers. So I wasn't wrong. I did not make that. That was back in August, September. So that's a long time ago. We'll see what happens. I'm pretty close. That much closer. We'll get the clip and we'll show actual proof too because I know people want to see videos nowadays because nobody believes just a little wording. We can just drop the one video into the other video. Yeah, exactly. So we got three of the four. So Joe had – so you have right now – you have Cincinnati or Tennessee? I, oh, I didn't make a pick. But I, I, I'll pick – I didn't make a pick. I'll, I, have I'll, Tennessee, I have Tennessee, the Niners, and the Bucks. I'll just – here's – here's I'll steal this for, and lead up to the job. I got Tennessee playing the Chiefs, and I have the Rams playing the Packers in the in the conference okay. championship. Now I know I just stole to what we're going to talk about, Trev, give Joe's picks, and then we'll get right into it. Joe picked the Packers. Joe picked – the Rams, I believe, and then I think he picked the Bills and the AFC. I think he picked the Titans. I think he picked the Titans. 
So let's get into the final game. And last year, this is a rematch. And I was talking about it last week on the show. It's a damn shame that these two Sunday games were not going to be possibly NFC and AFC title games because these are the type of these are for the top teams coming into this season, for the top favorites coming into this season. And now one of these teams or two of these teams will be eliminated from the playoffs and their hopes of winning a Super Bowl come crashing down. So we look at this game. We've seen it a couple times before. We've seen it back in the 70s, the 80s. We've seen quarterbacks, great quarterbacks, go against one another. Now we're seeing it, and we saw it in 2000s with Manning versus Brady. Well, are we seeing this right now in the AFC's landscape currently? Are we seeing the future of the AFC between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. And the reason why we say these two teams, I know I said earlier that the Burrow, that Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals aren't going to go any, are not going anywhere for a while. I believe that. Same with the Chargers and the same with the, the Baltimore Ravens right now because they got the quarterback. They have the quarterbacks. As long as you have the quarterback, you have your starting point. You can branch off of that and go wherever you want after that. As long as you have those guys set in stone, you're good. That's why I think these two teams, because – you have possibly the two best quarterbacks in the NFL playing this Sunday, or is it Sunday night? Yeah, Sunday, 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 night. Sunday night game. So, are we watching the future of the AFC in this AFC divisional matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we said it last night, and we're not going to steal from anyone. Is this the Manning or and Brady matchup? No, this is the Allen and Mahomes. Because if you look at the quarterbacks in the AFC, these are the two best quarterbacks right now. Now, was there a Philip Rivers once in a while in the AFC Championship game? Yeah. Was there a Ben Ben Roethlisberger in the AFC Championship? Yeah. Was there a Joe Flacco that snuck in an AFC Championship game? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That'll be a Herbert. That'll be a Burrow. That might be a Lamar Jackson. Consistency, though. These are the two best quarterbacks in the AFC, might be the two best quarterbacks in all the league. And you can make the argument for either quarterback being the best in the league when they're at the top of their game. My heart wants to root for the Bills. I want to see the Bills win. I want to see the Bills get to the Super Bowl and play the Packers. I just don't see it happening. I look at the, I, I, you know, my beginning of the week, I'm like, I'm on the Bills. I'm on the Bills. I'm on the Bills. Then I'm looking, I'm like, they beat up on the AFC East, similar to the Cowboys this year. AFC East is weak. We look at the Miami Dolphins. Eh, they were pretty good. No, they weren't that good. They weren't that good. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, they, they got good down the stretch, but look at the teams they played the last seven weeks of the week. They were all garbage. They're all garbage. You beat up the Lions, the Giants, the Eagles, all these other teams. We got the Chiefs, right? They play in a tougher division. Raiders were in the playoffs. Chargers should have made the playoffs. A very good team. The Denver was right there at the end. The Chiefs don't lose at home. Mahomes doesn't lose in the playoffs. The only time he loses. It's the Tom Brady. Tom Brady ain't in the AFC in the AFC no more. He doesn't lose in the playoffs. They don't mm-hmm. lose at home. The last two, the time these played, they, yeah, I know the Bills dominated one by what, 17, 18 points. If you also remember, Chris Jones did not play in that game. It was also a huge rainstorm during that game. You also remember, there is going to be no weather conditions. Here's another key factor: Tre'Davious White, the one of the best cornerbacks in the league, will not be there for the Buffalo Bills this week. That's a huge miss. Oh, yeah, but that's been like that for the whole season. That's been like that for the whole season. No, no, what do you mean the whole season? Didn't he tear his ACL early in the year? No. Oh, Davis White? It wasn't like it wasn't like week four. Who's late in the season, bro? What week what was, was it? I'm talking. All right, go ahead. All right. 
we know about this Bills. I'm rooting for the Bills. They just think the Chiefs are going to win. Home field advantage, crowds, Mahomes, Factor, Andy Reid. Defense will be better. The defense since week six has only given up 16.7 points a game. Best in the league. The Bills, though. I look at this defense. They're number one in the league. But look at the look at them beating up on the AFC East. The Jags. He got hurt in week eleven. It took eleven. Oh, that's not like that's three. That's like, dude, this is the longest season in NFL history. That's over two. That's over two months ago. There's seventeen games. That's he played well, in eleven. No, eighteen. Eighteen games. Doesn't matter. That's well, they haven't played no one. That's well. That's well, I know, but that's still well over. That's still well over. Hold on. Go look at the Bills' schedule down the stretch. The one competitive team that they played, they were getting smoked in the first half, and it was the Buccaneers, all right? And then Josh Allen had to be superhuman, Superman, Batman, and 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 the Hulk in the second half just to get them back in the game. They have not played a competitive team down the stretch of the season. I like the Bills. They have a great defense. They put pressure. They have a great secondary. They have a great offensive-minded coach. They have the greatest weapon in football in Josh Allen because he can do everything. He has the best arm in the league, just as good as any quarterback you want to match up, and he also has the athleticism as, of any quarterback in the league. And when he's playing at the top of the game, he is phenomenal. All right? But the Chiefs don't lose at home. Mahomes Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, since Gerald McKinnon's been on this team the last couple of weeks, he has he's added been enough. a huge addition for this team. He's been and everything Chris Jones will be healthy. Like... And will be healthy. No, I'm just all going to say is Chris Jones will be healthy. That defense has played much better down the stretch. And I just don't know if the Bills will be able to do – I see, here's my one thing, and I'll finish with this. Last week's game was a motivation game. This was the young – you said this earlier in the show. This was a younger brother finally being able to step up to his older brother and punch him in the face. I, I mean, I, I, I always do that. So. Well, you just shut up and be quiet for five <laughs> seconds, all right? They, The momentum and what that game meant for the Bills last week was significant. Can they carry that momentum this week against the Chiefs, all right? Will it have that same – Spice. Yes. I mean, I understand it's going to have spice. People are like, what do you mean? It's a divisional game. It's a playoff game. But it's the Patriots. It's the Bills. You've been getting run over for the last 25 years. You finally had to get over the hump, and they did it, and they mud-stomped them all the way into the ground. It's going to be a great game. I just think that the Mahomes and the Chief Factor and Andy Reid will be able to make that play. And home field advantage, and here's another thing. Last year in the playoffs, a lot of the underdogs win. Why did the underdogs win last year? There was no fans in the stands. We got full capacity again, folks. We're ready to rock. Um, That stadium is hard to win in the playoffs, and Mahomes only loses in the playoffs against Brady. Well, as we've talked about throughout this season, we've we've always talked about, especially when Joe's on, we talk about quarterbacks that need to find ways to win big games. We've talked about Justin Herbert a lot. We've talked about Joe Burrow. Just some guys, Lamar. Some of the youngest quarterbacks, the young bright stars in this league that we've been talking about of saying, well, they got to get the job done. They got to win in moments like this. Well, this is this goes for the same for Josh Allen, Mr. Josh Allen, who, yes, they were perfect last week offensively. They were perfect. We don't say that word a lot nowadays because the word perfect, it just doesn't happen. The Buffalo Bills offensively last week, from a historical standpoint, were perfect offensively. And, hell, if you want to even put defensively, they played the perfect game against their division rival. This is a team in the Kansas City Chiefs that 
match up well with this Buffalo Bills team. But Josh Allen, you made it to the AFC title game last year. Maybe some people didn't feel you were you were going to make it that year, last year. Well, you did. You've taken the step to superstardom, elite, top-tier quarterbacks in this league. Stats-wise, play-wise, it has all proved the past couple of years. But this is a game that you have to win, my man. You can't lose. You can't lose. I'm not saying, oh, you can't lose because they're going to get re- No, they're, Josh Allen's not going anywhere. He's going to be a Buffalo Bill for life if they're smart. And Buffalo, they have been making smart decisions. But my, other than those crazy-ass fans that we just love to see jumping through tables, nothing beats Bill's Mafia. But anyway, my point is, is if you don't win this game, it's going to be like ultimately becoming the Manning versus Brady situation because at one point, as we all knew, Brady or Manning never could never get over the hump and beat Brady until, until that, he had the home game. Until, until that 2006 AFC title game where he finally got over the hump. And yes, they were losing that game 21 to three at one point and then 21 to six, but they came back to win. You lose again. It's just what are we going to be saying? Like, I you're so talented, you're amazing. We get it. But if you well, lose again, that and, well, that and the Giants are eventually going to have your offensive coordinator. And, and Brian well, we don't know. We don't know yet. The, the, the candidates for the Giants are going to be Dable or Brian, or Brian Flores. No, no, no. I don't want that guy. I don't need a deep. I, I like Flores. I like Flores. He couldn't communicate. Hold on. First of all, hold on. He couldn't communicate with his quarterback in Tua when you drafted him, okay? That's the speculation. He's a difference, and he could not communicate with the quarterback. What is our biggest problem? Our quarterback. This league is about offense. What Brian Gable has done for Josh Allen in the first four years has turned a guy who they said could not complete a pass because his, his he could throw the ball. Yeah, we had at one point we were saying at one point that Josh Allen is like Daniel Jones. Are we ever going to see the great Josh Allen? No, 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 no. Don't compare. Listen, don't compare jo- Daniel Jones. Daniel, I'm saying at one, I'm saying at one point back up Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, I'm saying Mitchell at one point. Josh, no, I'm saying at one point Josh Allen was in the situation that Daniel Jones is in the sense of like we thought that he was over with. We thought that he wasn't ever going to flourish, and then Brian Dable came in and he took. He really took off. What do you, we didn't think he wasn't flourish. We, he had all the skills in the world. He, was he had all the, the skills most, in the world. We get that. I, I feel like Daniel Jones has a lot of skills. Coming out of the too. draft trap. Daniel Jones wasn't even in the top 50. Okay? James Winston. I'm just, was, just saying there was a lot the of talent. The comparison sucks. All right? The comparison sucks. But what he did for Josh, Josh Allen has turned him into a superstar. That's the type of guy that we need as a giant. Guy, because we would like him to turn Daniel. Jones. I don't, I'm not. I'm not even talking about the Giants. The Giants talk was early in the show. If you wanted to watch it, go check it out. Early in the show, we talked about the New York Giants. This when is about Ted's the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas. Yes, when Ted's not on, it's perfect. When Kansas City, uh, we talk about. I'm just kidding, Ted. Don't get emotional. I'm kidding. I'm only kidding. I wasn't going to say nothing. I was. You look like you were about to cry. cry. You look like you were about to cry. No, but going. that's how Bills fans will feel this week if the Buffalo Bills come up short again because they feel like this team is made to win it all. They win this game. It's going to be a tough out from the Buffalo Bills because if they go, if you go into Arrowhead, we know how Arrowhead is, how great it is. It's just a damn shame that one of these teams has to go down because right now both of these teams, offensively and defensively, are clicking. This is the perfect matchup. If you're a football fan, I don't care if you don't like the Bills or Chiefs. I don't care if you're not rooting for either one of them. If you like football, this is the game you want to watch come Sunday night. It's going to be two Titans playing against it. Not the Tennessee Titans, but two Titans of the AFC currently, especially the Chiefs, 
going head-to-head for a chance to be going to the AFC Championship game. I can't wait for it. It comes down to Josh Allen, and it also comes down to, and they and they were, they were excellent last week. They were supreme last week. And it was the running attack of the Buffalo Bills. If they can run the football the way they did on that dominant Patriots defense that we all thought was stout and stingy throughout the entire season, they racked up yards. If they can run the football, they have a great opportunity because their defense is going to cause turnovers. They're going to get after Mahomes. They're going to play great like they did early in the season. Don't rely on Josh Allen 100% because sometimes it's good to have a good balance. If they can get that running game going, they have a great opportunity. I expect it to be an instant classic. I expect it to come down to the wire. But I am going with the Buffalo Bills to be playing the Tennessee Titans. So we'll get the one and three seed in my book. A one and four seed, I should say. Oh, no, one and three seed. And then you'll have, for me, the San Francisco 49ers taking on New England Patriots. Just kidding. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> So I can't wait for these games. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. It's going down to the wire. I cannot wait for all four of these games. They should be great. I'll be working watching them, so it's okay. It's, it's okay. going down. Um, it's yeah, going down. It's going down. I can't wait for these games. And hey, listen, it's, a good day. it's a good day to be a Giant fan as well as the New York Giants' new era has officially begun with Joe Shane as the new GM of the New York Giants. So, folks, if you're a football fan, enjoy it because we're down to the final. After this weekend, there is two week, two days, and three games left of football. Well, That's we don't. We, there's not realistically. There's only two games because we don't consider the Pro Bowl as a football game. Trev, as, as the trip. AFC, the NFC Championship game, and the Super Bowl counts as three games and two days I'm of football. Count, I'm not counting three games. I'm counting just two weeks. That's it. Two Trev, weeks left. Three days. Three games and two days left of football. That's it. AFC two championship. Days, yeah. Two AFC weeks. Championship and all, we got is, all we got is two weeks left. So enjoy it. Oh Anything else you'd like to uh, spiel off? Few good guys. If you need, if you need some uh, landscaping, some realtor work, some construction. Oh, on top of it, guys. also plowing, especially up in the north right now. Yeah. If you if you need if you need uh, to get that snow out of the way, call some. Uh, Guys, call a few good guys as well. Few but I can't wait. We'll be back Shout next week. We will be back next week, earlier in the week, to talk conference championship games. Who is it going to be? Are the underdog 49ers and the Bengals going to get through and surprise everybody by making it to conference championship Sunday? Will we see Rodgers against Brady once again? How about Mahomes? Does he get back? Or does the Buffalo Bills, or do the Buffalo Bills finally finally can try to get over the hump and get one step closer to Super Bowl 56 or the Rams one step closer to hosting Super Bowl 56. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys to the City. We're streaming all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share, or check out our podcast and many more podcasts at Clovercrest.com where you can try to get going, maybe start your own show, or if you like having more shows, you can check us out. Ladies and gentlemen, Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness. In the making, double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.